you for joining the ladies of Her Portion Podcast. Come, pull up a seat at the table, because you are welcome here. Grab your Bible and a pen, and let's dig into God's Word together. Take a moment and pray that God would open your heart to Him as you listen. So without further ado, let's get right into today's portion. Hey y'all, it's Courtney. This month here on Her Portion, our theme has been growth and it's been great already. You'll have to excuse my voice, bear with me. I've been at baseball games all afternoon and I have lost a pretty good portion of my voice, but we won, so it's all worth it, right? So today I want to look at John 15 verses 1 through 11 with you where Jesus teaches about spiritual growth. So let's read through it first and then we'll come back and break it down. So starting off in verse one, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they're burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Where Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. So, There are four main parts to this picture of the vine that Jesus uses here. Part one, the vine. Part two, the husbandman. Part three, the branches. And part four, the fruit. So I want to go through each piece and break it down. Let's start with the vine. Jesus says in verse one, I am the true vine. Well, if he had to say he's the true vine, then there must be counterfeit vines. Do you know how to spot them? As we grow closer to the Lord through His Word in our daily Bible reading and study, we'll be able to spot the counterfeit because we know the true vine. Apart from the true vine, we will not bear fruit. We can't live. The second part of this picture that Jesus was painting here is the husbandman. In verse 1, Jesus goes on to say, And my Father is the husbandman. God is the husbandman. He takes care of the vines. Verse 2 says, He purgeth it. The branches that bear fruit need to be purged or pruned so that they can produce more fruit. And verse number three says that ye are clean through the word which I've spoken to you. So God uses his word to convict, correct, and chastise us. Of course, it's not our favorite, but the pruning process makes us better and able to bear more fruit. The third part of the picture are the branches. By itself, a branch is good for burning. It's just a dead stick. It's not able to produce life or fruit apart from the vine. Verse 4 says, abide in me. Well, that word abide is used like 11 times in this section. So it's got to be pretty important. So we're going to define it. The word abide means to keep in fellowship with Christ so that he can work in and through us to produce fruit. 
So this process involves two things, being in the word of God, like we saw in verse three and obeying him from verses nine and 10. It's all a process and it doesn't happen overnight or the second you get saved. That would be nice. (laughs) If the second we get saved, we all just turn into perfect Christians, but that's not what happens. It's the process of sanctification that will never be complete until we get to heaven. But in the meantime, as you grow in your Christian life, there will be evidence in your fruit production. The Bible says a branch can only go so long without showing its true color and lack of fruit production. So the first The fourth part of this picture is the fruit. Like I said, the fruit production is a process. It takes time and energy, work and effort in the Christian life. And we know that from the parable of the sower that not all good ground produces the same amount at the same rate, but there is always fruit. Warren Wearsby said, we must remember that the branches do not eat the fruit. Others do. We are not producing the fruit to please ourselves, but to serve others. We should be the kind of people who feed others by our words and our works. Proverbs 10.21 says, The lips of the righteous feed many. As branches, we have the privilege of abiding and the responsibility of bearing fruit. Did you notice that progression of fruit in this passage? Verse 2 talks about no fruit, then more fruit, and then down in verse 5 it says much fruit. So are you connected to the vine? Are you saved? That's the first question we must ask ourselves because apart from the vine, we can't do anything. We are useless branches. Now, if you're saved, my question for all of us is, are you bearing fruit? Are you bearing fruit to your fullest potential? Or is God trying to purge you in some area so that you would produce much fruit? So now maybe you're like, okay, Courtney, I ain't no gardener. I can't keep a plant alive to save my life. What in the world are you talking about? Well, here's the short version. If you're a Christian, if you're saved, you're connected to Jesus Christ. But are you producing fruit? Are you showing the signs of a growing Christian? Or are you just taking up space, breathing the air, wearing the Christian tees, and going to church on Sunday morning? That is not the victorious Christian life. That is not abiding that's idling. Salvation is only the first step for the Christian. We don't stop there. Okay, I'm saved. I'm not going to hell. I'm good to go. Although that's true, that's not God's desire for our life. Nutrients and water direct root growth. So what are you watering with, the world or the word? What nourishes the soul of your heart? Where are you getting your nutrients? What are you attempting to get nutrients from? Jesus gives us the recipe for the best root growth in Matthew 22, verse 37. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. So there are three important steps to growing as a Christian. Step number one is salvation. You won't get anywhere doing anything until you're saved. You must check that box before you go on to number two. So if you haven't done that, stop right now. Get in touch with one of us that host this podcast. Get in touch with your pastor, your pastor's wife, your best friend, whoever you need to get in touch with. You've got to check that box first. Once that box is checked, you can move on to number two, daily Bible reading. In order to have fellowship with Jesus Christ, you have to be in God's word every single day. In order to grow as a Christian, you have to be in God's word every day. No excuses. Think about your friends. How did you become friends? Well, you had to communicate in some way. Jesus talks to us through God's word, and we talk to him through prayer. 
1 Peter 2, 2 says, As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. You grow through God's word. Just like a newborn baby gets a taste of milk and shows you how much he desires it just about every three hours, we should have that same desire to be in God's word every single day. Spurgeon said, If the word of God be not very sweet to me, have I an appetite? Solomon says, The full soul loatheth in honeycomb, but to the hungry soul every bitter thing is sweet. When a soul is full of itself and of the world and of the pleasures of sin, I do not wonder that it sees no sweetness in Christ, for it has no appetite. If you're not desiring God's word, you must already be full of something else, and I am willing to bet it's of this world. And that brings me to step number three. The third step in growing as a Christian is prayer. We cannot live a growing, vibrant, victorious Christian life without God, without His strength. We will fail time and time again if we're attempting these things in our own strength. We need the power of God. And the way we get that is by asking. In James 4, 2, He tells us our problem. Ye have not because ye ask not. So look, I'm a problem solver. Anybody else? Raise your hand. I can't see you, but you know who you are. We try to solve all of our problems, but the simplest, most effective way to solve problems is to ask God. If you find yourself struggling with the wrong appetite, ask God for help. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven says, But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. God gives us the victory. We don't get it on our own. We can't get it on our own. So I confess that I'm a problem solver, but it even goes farther than that. I think that I can solve all the problems on my own. Anybody else? Raise your hand. <laughs> but that's also not what God wants for us. He wants us to cry out to him, to realize that we cannot do it on our own and we need him. But not only do we need him, there is also opposition. There is someone out there that is opposing everything that God is, everything that he stands for, and everything that he wants for us. He knows if he can get you to believe that you can solve your problems on your own, then you won't go to God with them. But prayer is the biggest untapped resource in the Christian life. Do you realize how powerful prayer is? Listen to this quote by Jeremy Taylor. This is what he had to say about prayer. The prayers of holy men appease God's wrath, drive away temptations, resist and overcome the devil, procure the ministry and service of angels, rescind the decrees of God, prayer cures sickness and obtains pardon, it arrests the sun in its course and stays the wheels of the chariot of the moon. It rules over all gods and opens and shuts the storehouses of rain. It unlocks the cabinet of the womb and quenches the violence of fire. It stops the mouths of lions and reconciles our suffering and weak faculties with the violence of torment and violence of persecution. It pleases God and supplies all our need. Luke 18.1 says, Men ought always to pray and not to faint. That word always shows you the importance of prayer. It's not a meaningless duty that we hurry through before meals or at bedtime. It is a dangerous weapon for the Christian. If you want to get your appetite right, you have to first be saved. Then you need a daily habit of reading your Bible and praying. Listen to Psalm 63.1. Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul 
thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Christian, we are in a dry and thirsty land with no water. All of this that you see around you, this isn't your home. We're just passing through. Don't fill up on the salad before you get to the steak. We can cry out to God like David. We can seek him. We can thirst for him, long for him. Or we can fill up on all these temporal things. It's a choice. What choice have you made? Thank you for joining us today on Her Portion. We hope you leave with plenty to ponder from God's Word. We encourage you to use today's topic to start your own study in the Scriptures. Until next time.